WCLS in Whatcom County presents Library Stories, a podcast to open your eyes to all the ways your local public libraries matter. Join us as we reveal the power of sharing at the library. I'm your host, Neil McKay, Online Experience Coordinator for the Whatcom County Library System. And today, today we have a special episode for you. This fall, I interviewed Barry McHale, our public services assistant for jail outreach, and he provided a fascinating overview of the services we provide for the Whatcom County Jail. Barry brings books and magazines and more to incarcerated patrons, and as he describes that experience, you'll see that he also delivers empathy and dignity to folks, many of whom are, as he says, having their worst days. We felt this interview, originally meant for an audience of Whatcom County Library System staff, would provide our listeners with an inside look at a little-known service that the library provides. Let's jump right into the interview. My name's Barry McHale, and I am a PSA, uh, or Public Services Assistant, for Jail Outreach, um, which is part of Mobile Services. I just hit my five-year anniversary here. Happy anniversary. Uh, Thank you very much. Um, It's really flown by. When I started working here, I've been here four years, Mm -hmm. I didn't know that there was a jail outreach program at all. I had no idea. We have had a jail program for approximately 50 years. When you came on, did you have a mentor or someone to show you the ropes? Yeah, I had uh, Bill uh, Dougherty uh, in transportation services. Um, So when I came on, Bill trained me for about a month. I think I did four full days of training with Bill in the jail, kind of learning the ropes. um, And then on that fifth fifth delivery day, I was on my own. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, four days does not seem like a lot to prepare you and then throw you into a, a, um, that's that type of a job. So tell me what it's like working in the, in the jail. Uh, it's, it's a gritty location to work in. Um, I like to use that word gritty, um, because it's, uh, it's pretty raw. People are, um, probably having some of the worst days that they're ever going to have, uh, when, when they're in there. Um, but that said, um, there's a lot of, uh, just norm, normality, uh, normalcy, um, in that meals go on, sleeping goes on, you know, people are moving back and forth, um, they're interacting, um, the deputy staff, um, I, I came into this with conceptions about like law enforcement and de- deputies, especially corrections deputies, and um, they weren't really founded upon anything but like pop culture and just kind of like the gestalt of the moment. But there's just a lot of human decency and kindness uh, and consideration that goes on between the deputy staff and and the inmates, um, patrons, as I, I will refer to them. But not everyone is a patron of the library, so we'll just say inmates in this question. Okay. Um, and that's always heartening to me because it challenges my, my conceptions of, uh, my preconceptions of people. So it was kind of a surprise to see 
the the humanity of the jail staff. Yeah. Fair? Yeah. So let's back up a little and talk about um, you've been here five years. What brought you to the library system? I have always been a lifelong reader um, and I've worked uh, in high school and middle school in the libraries. So I have had some passing experience with working in libraries, but I had been uh, working in education, um, special education um, in a variety of roles for about 10 years previously, maybe a little bit more. Um, with students who had uh, more developmental disabilities and learning disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of just like functional skills instruction, how to go shopping and, you know, how to, how to make your lunch and, you know, how to ride a bus and tie your shoes and all those kind of things. Um, so I was pretty rooted in like community um, instruction. Um, I worked three years for Bellingham Public Schools and, um, eventually decided that um, I just wanted a, a change. Um, that's glossing over a lot, but <laughs> um, I just decided to, to leave education um, and I took a position at Northwest Youth Services um, as a vocational um, specialist, uh, helping, helping young people um, get jobs and finish their education. Um, and my work brought me into the jail doing kind of like a um, reentry work. Um, you know, what kind of job are you going to get? Where are you going to live? Do, what, what do you need when you get released to be successful? And uh, this job came up um, and I decided to apply for it. And so here I am. Here you are. And yeah. you're still working with Northwest Youth Services? That's my day job, and uh, the library system is um, my side hustle at the moment. Um, so it's eight hours a week, and I have 30 hours at Northwest Youth Services. And you said you moved here to Washington. Where do you come from? I was born in Los Angeles, and I gra gravitated northwards uh, over the years, and I moved here from San Francisco. Wow. A little culture shock? A little, a lot of bit of culture shock. Yeah, <laughs> living in the heart of the city was um, dif different than, um, you know, uh, moving to Lopez Island where I, I was my first year up here. So let's go back into the jail now. Let, take me on a tour. Describe what, what, what I would see if I were following you. Yeah, okay. Um, if you were following me in, um, you'd go to the corner of uh, Prospect and... Central? Central, yeah. Yeah, so it's there on the corner um, in downtown Bellingham. It's a wa downtown Whatcom County Jail. It's a three-story uh, structure. It's pretty imposing, um, and it's connected to the, the main um, government center building um, by a bridge. Um, walk in the front door, um, walk into the lobby and sign in. Um, I always make sure I sign in and say hi to Tanya, who's the awesome reception uh, staff. Um, and the first thing I have to do is look up at a camera uh, right above the sign-in desk and press a button. And the button is a remote access call, and it lets me into a locked door. Um, and I go in and then I close that door and then I have to press another button and look at another camera. And that's basically just a security measure called a Sally port. 
Um, and it's just like the space between two remote access doors that, you know, um, can be controlled from from a security room. I know the term Sally Port, I think, from uh, space movies or yeah. uh, Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also known which, as an airlock. Right. Anyway, okay, so you get through the Sally Port. Yeah, and then I, I walk in and I'm in a long hallway. The jail's pretty dimly lit. Um, the color schemes are, are you know, uh, pretty drab tones. Um, it's like polished concrete and like beige, basically. Um, and there's green doors. Um, so I, I take a left and I walk into the booking area. And that's where there's often a lot of activity Um when I'm in the jail, I really need to be aware of like what's going on around me and stay out of the way of officers who are transporting people, of people who are getting their their uh, their mug shots taken. Um, I don't want to walk in front and be featured in one. <laughs> um, so um, getting fingerprinted, getting booked. Um, and there's a lot of really unhappy people right there because I think the you know the 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 weight of the experience is really like hitting home. So I have to thread my way in between all those people and all that activity. Um, and I go into the sergeant's office and uh, put my ID up on a clip um, and take a, a key ring. And those are my keys that I use to access um, all of the hatches for the jail service. And I have a uh, mailbox and I retrieve my kites. Kites are individual request forms that pile up by the dozens um, each week. So, so it's I, like a stack of papers? It's like a, a messy stack of papers <laughs> because people just kind of shove them in there. Um, and I will uh, often just like preliminarily give them a sort um, by uh, floor um, okay. just because certain days I do certain floors and if I'm not doing a you know third floor one day for instance I'll just set those aside and not sort them because I know that I'm going to do them you know tomorrow instead of today for instance and then I take my keys and my kites and usually a bag of magazines or newspapers that I brought in um, and hit the elevator um, which may or may not be working. It's it's been famously uh, um, out of order recently, and and uh, go up to the second floor, get off, uh, look both ways, and then take a left and head down to the end of a long corridor. And there's my little uh, my little library. Your little library. What yeah. does that look like? it's a it's a door that i've decorated i don't i think it's the only decorated door in the whole in the whole jail okay. <laughs> it's got a it's got a i believe in libraries it's got a um few different little like like wcls library signs taped mm-hmm. up on it and then it's got my schedule and um, posted for the month like right in the center of the door Okay. Um, and then I'll check off the schedule as the days go so that deputies and people who are passing um, can get an instant update just by like looking at the library door. And then what's inside the door? Inside the door is uh, basically a long, uh, maybe 23 feet deep uh, and like 
five feet wide corridor, five foot wide corridor um, that's pretty much like lined with with bookshelves and magazine racks uh, and different, you know, totes, basically. Yeah, there's lots of totes shoved here and there and there's a few ladders and like other things. Okay. But but yeah, so it's a place that you go in, but nobody else really. Um, so the, you know, the concept of a library of course is, you know, a place where people come in and browse, but there's no browsing going on except by you in that, in that small space. This is not a browsing library. Yeah. 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 There could conceivably be a browsing library in Whatcom County someday. Um, but you know, for the next like five or so years, um, I think that um, it'll be me or someone else bringing the books to the patrons rather than the patrons browsing themselves. Okay. Which which has limitations, and I'm, I'm happy to talk about that later. Okay, we'll 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 get into those yeah. those limitations. Mm -hmm. um, There's not a lot of workspace, so the the delivery um, and the preparation for delivery requires a lot of prep, but with the space available in the new library, I forgot to mention that this is a relatively new space right around the time of COVID. Um, the former library spot, which was shared with nursing staff as a supply room and also deputy staff as, as a supply room, um, was reclaimed and moved to the new space by knocking out a wall and essentially turn, turning a broom closet or a mop mop closet mm -hmm. um, into like a the new library space. So that pretty much required all the available space for books and magazines um, and other media supplies and not allowing a lot of like internal preparation space. So I use my horizontal surfaces are my trusty carts. Um, one of which is visible in a photo from like, like 20 or 30 years ago, the same cart, the same cart <laughs> that I use every day. Um, so, um, but yeah, I pull them out into the hallway and I, I arrange uh, two flat cart or two carts with, you know, flat shelves as my work surfaces. And then I roll my book cart out next to it. Um, I'm out in the hallway, but I'm at the end of a corridor where the entrance to the outdoor rec is. And so outdoor rec is only accessed like one or two at a time. Um, that's a, a recreational space yeah, outside. I, that's right. It's an outdoor recreation space. Um, I mean, it's not outdoors, it's outdoors in that it's got some very high open great windows that look out onto the oh. onto the um you know the sky and some trees that are out there so it's enclosed uh, it's enclosed but it's yeah but you yeah. can see outside you you can see the sky and i think the trees and i think people who pass by that area would be really familiar with it because um Inmates that are in the outdoor rec area often sing. Oh. Um, native, oh. native groups of native um, inmates or indigenous inmates um, will um, chant. Um, so they'll have like, um, you know, 
it'll, oh. it's pretty loud and the acoustics are good. Yeah. And so passersby will like, like really hear people singing or chanting. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's interesting. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm working at the, at the end of that corridor. Um, so occasionally I have to move aside for, for deputies transporting people to outdoor rec. Um, and I just uh, assemble, I stock my book carts, I stamp new books that I brought in, um, I fill my individual kite orders, um, I do all my work at my, my um, portable workstations. Um, and then when I'm getting ready to go out and do the delivery, I roll them back inside and lock the door and then head off with whatever I'm taking with me, book cart. I usually travel with two cards, one book card and one like auxiliary card. Okay. Yeah. That's got magazine packs and other things in it. So you're walking down the hall pushing two carts? I'm I'm pulling one pulling and one. pushing the other, yeah. Yeah. But I'm careful now to not pull one a heavy one behind me because my mom's a chiropractor and I was always going <laughs> to her with this complaint that I had a rib out and she says, Are you pulling something heavy behind you? And I'm like <laughs> It's like you were there. Yeah. So, yeah, don't pull heavy things behind you if you can avoid it. Okay. Yeah. Lessons lessons learned. Yeah. In the jail. Yeah. So, yep, so I'm 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 not the uh, quietest or most graceful um traveler in the hallways there. And so in getting through remote access doors is its own, you know, its own challenge. Um, as oh, I yeah. as I hold the door open and shove one through and pull the other one and <laughs> some combination thereof. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're traveling through. Where are you going now? So I serve uh, um, patrons that are on three different floors um, and in a variety of different settings. Um, everything from single cells, um, maybe with a bunk in it, um, or two bunks, um, all the way up to like large open dormitories. Um, they're called tanks. Okay. Um, tanks can just be like what you would think of as a, as a dormitory with, with basically like alcoves of, uh, like cement platforms that you put up a mattress on top of. And then there's some, you know, small shelves for like personal items, um, and that could just be an, an open open room, maybe that houses like twenty people, um, or um, actually maybe one five six down on the bottom floor. I think houses about thirty people, um, and it's got metal bunks in it. Um, but basically, and there's just you know people are free to move around um, within that space. Um, you know, there's tables and there's bathrooms and showers um, that offer, you know, marginal privacy. The first floor is mostly um, individual cells, and that's for people who have medical needs or who have like behavioral mental health concerns who need to be on like a, a regular watch, people who have um, just been brought in and are subject uh, suspected of maybe like having ingested drugs and they need to like wait and have them 
pass them through. Um, so yeah, there's a lot going on on the first floor. Um, second floor is definitely quieter. Um, that's a long hallway that has six tanks in it, and they're what are called um, like like a twenty-three and one tanks, and so they're large collections of inner lockable cell doors as opposed to open dormitories um, and they're in tiers um, so there's a first and second floor and then in between them is a raised platform that has like tables and benches on it and that's the the shared space okay and why are they called 23 and one they're called 23 and one because the the schedule uh is for 23 hours inside your cell um, and one hour out. And the one hour out can be one hour out in between, I mean, inside the tank, or it could be one hour out in outdoor rec. It could be a half hour shower in like the individual shower room and a half hour at outdoor rec. There's lots of different ways, I think, that they, they split them up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So... And that has implications, though, for access. It, 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 it's actually that configuration of cells and tanks and, um, you know, patron, patron location um, has a bit large impacts on, you know, a variety of different parts of the library service. Okay. Hmm. And I'm happy to follow up yeah, with that Yeah, later. Tell, me, tell me a little more about that. So... Um, Bringing the book cart, preparing the book cart and, you know, rotating out all the books regularly and organizing them and um, just making sure that I have all the recharge materials because I always want my bookshelves to look like they're fully stocked. Mm -hmm. So as people are taking books from the book cart, um, or I'm giving them books, um, I'm also at the same time taking books from a, a bin below the shelves and recharging the types of books that I'm taking. And okay. um, so given that preparing the book cart, moving the book cart and presenting the book cart is time, time and resource like consuming. Um, I don't do book cart for the second floor because there's only one or two people out at a time. And it's not, it's not worth it to just go for one person because it's like, it's like a, a random kind of, um, so, uh, access, you know, I mm -hmm. just, I never know who's going to be out. Usually there's actually no one out. And so what I do is I always fill kites, which are the individual requests, um, for those tanks. Um, so that's a, and that's also resource or time intensive to mm -hmm. filling the individual requests, but it's the only way that I can, um, you know, ensure that they have equitable access. And I really try to, um, publicize that, that service. Um, you know, if you know of people on second floor who want, who want to get books, make sure to encourage them to kite is something that I include, um, in my, in my schedule. Okay. Yeah. So in what, maybe this is a good time to talk about kites and what kind of things um, your, your patrons are asking for. 
all over. It's it's a it's a it's a really really broad um, representation of all different kinds of reading interests and tastes. Um, everything from James Patterson to uh, Sophocles. You know, I just uh-huh. had a someone <clears throat> asked me for Sophocles, and I I said I. I have some really early, um, you know, Greek uh, playwrights. I have um, that, but I don't really have any f- early philosophy. And the best I can give you is uh, the Discourses by Machiavelli. And well, that patron was really happy to have that, you know, okay. in, in addition. So, and then there's you know people who are asking me for um, People Magazine or Us Weekly. Rolling Stone, the Bellingham Herald, and phone books. Uh, phone books. Yeah, yeah. Every every tank every tank or cell has access to a phone. Some oh. are just built into the wall. Um, inmates are uh, constantly on the. Uh, I'm, I have to come up with a different word than inmates, but patrons is not accurate because not yeah, everyone not is a library a patron. patron. Yeah. And incarcerated individuals doesn't roll off the tongue. No. But yeah, um, phone books are, are really um, commonly requested and not, I guess, not in, in uh, large supply. I imagine that's, I mean, I can think 30 years ago when a phone book was everybody's phone number. Yeah. That was, that was a useful tool. Yeah. And now when you see, you know, the Bellingham phone book that <laughs> has like three Smiths and three Joneses yeah. and, yeah. you know, you know, you're not going to find everybody that you're looking for. No, the phone uh, book is not what it used to be. Yeah. But it's a real lifeline though. It's uh, something. Yeah. For, for people who are, are trapped inside, um, that's, uh, I think a really valuable resource in a way that it isn't to most of us. So yeah. just another example of what we take for granted, you know, right. all my phone book is travels with me everywhere. <laughs> and if I don't have it in here, I can easily get it, you know, by just hitting up the internet, but yeah. they don't, they don't have that. They don't have internet access. No. So, so yeah, it's, it's, they, people ask for funny things. F- people ask for, um, for, mysteries westerns romances um people ask for science books a lot science magazines national geographic is is probably the most universally requested um publication that you know pretty much goes across all all Mm. populations um the women up in 3k and the guys down in 156 everyone wants national geographic Everyone wants people, everyone wants Us Weekly, everyone wants the Bellingham Herald or the Cascadia Daily News. Hmm. Um, those are pretty much universally requested. Hmm. Um, and then every other topic that, that I think is reflected in like your community library setting. So we talked about what it was like for you to to set up your your carts and get ready to go in but what does the service look like you know how do how do the patrons access the materials yeah um so i roll my my carts down the hall um, and i got my keys jingling um, and so many times people hear me coming um, and i'll hear the question is that is that barry coming or or or, or library barry's here 
you know, so they, they are paying attention to what's going on in the hallways. Um, so I'll roll up um, at any given um, tank that I'm delivering to. Um, let's say it's, you know, Thursday and I'm delivering book carts to third floor. Um, I can make a decision to deliver to 3E or F first, um, or go deliver to the women in 3K, 3G, or 3H. Um, I kind of like to alternate. Um, so um, I'll roll up to the window, park the book cart in front of the window so that the patrons can browse from inside. Um, unlock the chow hatch, um, which is basically just like a maybe 15 inches long and five inches high and it's a, a you know it's got a key access and that's one of the keys that I do have and I can open that up. So um, explain that again to me. So it's the chow hatch. Yeah. It's where the food where the jailers deliver the food. Yeah. It's where it's where the jailers deliver the the meal trays through, but also where um, books and magazines are exchanged. Um, I, I they don't do medication in there. They actually open the door and bring people out to mm. to administer medication, um, and you know patrons will uh, or or uh, inmates will uh, deliver other requests through the hatch too. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's basically a. A, a, a slot in the it's door, a slot in the door. That you're sliding books through to the patrons yeah okay yeah so here's the thing it's at like mid thigh level um on me um so oh. i'm i'm five foot sit uh nine and so you know it's it's pretty low so there's kind of a like implied lack of dignity to the exchange because both people need to kneel down um, in order to talk eye to eye. Um, it's something I'm always conscious of, um, is always kneeling down and talking with someone through the hatch eye to eye and never standing and looking down on them while they're talking to me through the hatch. And so I get I get a lot of like exercise for my glutes and quads <laughs> by the end of the day. I do a lot of squatting uh, yeah, so they they tell me, um, they look at the book cart, um, they ask me to turn it around. I've got all fiction on one side, um, organized by genre, um, paperbacks on the top, um, hardbacks on the bottom shelf, and then on the other side I've got uh, one nonfiction section, um, like full of, you know, lots of different topics. Um, I'll turn the book cart around as many times as people request. I usually turn it around like a half a dozen times for any given delivery because there's a bunch of people coming up and asking me, can you turn it around again? I'm sorry. Hey, no problem. Um, so um, they tell me what they want and, and I hand it to them. What would you say are some of your biggest uh, challenges? Uh Okay, so I have like institutional style, like library challenges, like circulation control. Um, I don't have the ability to really um, track books once they get passed through a tank um, door. 
uh, I don't understand all of the complicated dynamics that are going on inside the tank. So I can never point to a single person and say like, I know you damaged this book or mm. I know that, you know, I checked out this book to you. Um, because if they tell me like so-and-so did this or I didn't, I'm not responsible for it. I have no way of, of um, determining that. Um, so there's a real lack of like accountability or inability to maintain accountability and to maintain control over the circulation, um, which translates into a lot of books um, just being destroyed. Um, you know, covers come back torn off. I, I often circulate books once um, and, you know, there will be several pages missing where people will have torn it out for scratch paper or something like that. Um, so that that poses a, a continual challenge um, that I, I haven't really come closer to addressing, but um, I'm always working on it. Uh, there's no catalog um, as a result of that. Um, I don't know what I have um, and what I have up to date. Um, I really have no idea how many how many books are in the in the jail collection um, because if I don't have access ever to all of these cells and tanks, so tr the twenty three and one cent. Uh, tanks, mm -hmm. I never go in them. And those are my largest uh, uh, requester of books. I basically put the most books into second floor and I really don't have a good way of, of getting those books back um, or even like monitoring how, how, how they're being stored, um, whether they're being water damaged or, mm -hmm. you know, I just don't have control. Um, and like I, like I said about the, the um, circulation issues, it's like they're, they're, I haven't really come closer to, to finding a solution for that. Although I do want to say that there are, are some like bright developments on the horizon that might address that, okay. which I'm happy to talk about later. Okay. <laughs> so, so, um, so there's all the, the basic like access, like, like it's not fair, you know, that people don't, know what's available um, because they might not know what to request. Right. Um, I, I might have, you know, ideas uh, at being a lifelong reader and being exposed to a lot of different like literary resources like the library newsletter and, you know, catalogs and all this. Like they don't necessarily, incarcerated pa patrons don't necessarily have that. So they either have to like request a general cat, uh, genre. I want a mystery. I wanted some book about urban crime or something like that. You know, if they, if they have that ability to, to send me a kite with, with that, um, you know, request. Um, but a lot of them don't necessarily feel comfortable writing. They don't necessarily like know what they like to read. That that's a huge one is they don't know what they want to read because they don't know what's out there and they haven't been exposed to it. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of like literacy issues that get translated into like a, a, a lower level or just no requests um, coming from, from quite a few patrons um, where I feel like if there was a better outreach and better information available for them, they would feel more comfortable and competent, like making requests to the library, especially if they could actually browse, 
you know, that's the thing about the book cart and the, the real tragedy of not having book cart on second floor is no one can ever browse. And so it's all kind of like word of mouth, you know, like, oh, well, I heard this book is good or that, or, mm. you know, well, my Sally was reading this and, you know, do you have a similar one? Um, so there's ways that they have to, you know, request, um, make requests in an informed way. But um, so there's there's access issues, there's literacy issues, eyesight you know, people, um, I don't have a whole lot of large print books and, uh, those aren't even enough for, for people, for many readers that they, they need, like, actually they need glasses. Um, so just like, yeah, they need optometrists. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there's, there's all of those issues. Um, there's, uh, I've only seen, yeah, I've only seen one fight. I've never had, not uh, one thing that's not an issue is like safety. Like I've never felt unsafe, like working in the jail. Okay. And up until recently, like I've never even seen a fight in there. Um, but I did see a fight last week, hmm. which was kind of rough. And that, that segues into, um, you know, the non-institutional kind of challenge of it, which is, um, like every day I go in there, um, I'm immediately exposed to people's trauma and, you know, like their worst days are like what's going on all around me. You know, they're, they just lost their apartment, you know, because they're, they were incarcerated for a month and they aren't able to pay or they lost their kids or they lost their job or, you know, they're looking at, at, you know, five years in prison or, you know, so it's just, um, that's unavoidable. And it's, uh, it's, a it's a difficult environment to operate in if you're not equipped and ready to, to like, navigate that and do do so in a healthy way so you have to be mindful and have tools um, that allow you to operate uh, on a you know in other people's traumatic spaces um, and like interact with them in a way that preserves their dignity and their humanity do you have tools that you use i mean is there yeah well so other people's trauma, though, also means that people are all all the more likely to be moved by, like, basic acts of human decency and kindness. And so just having, like, an ordinary interaction with another adult or another person um, that doesn't involve your case, um, doesn't involve your medical care, doesn't involve, you know, the circumstances of your incarceration, um, has a high value to it, has a potential high value to it. Um, Mm -hmm. as far as just like, you know, being a diversion and being like, I I imagine that the folks there who know you, who recognize you and see you coming, maybe they can let their guard down a little with you. Yeah. They know that you're not, you're not, you don't have a hidden agenda. You're not trying to cause them problems. No. You're not bringing problems to them. No. 
I get a universally like like positive reception there, which is which feels good for yeah. me. Um, but yeah, the they're they're happy to see me, and I'm I'm usually gonna you know bring them a diversion from yeah. from whatever the the troubles of the moment is. And, you like the ice cream and, man? Yeah. Who who doesn't like the ice cream man coming you down their block? <laughs> yes. So we've talked a little about the challenges here. What about the upsides? Well, the patron interactions. So like I I I love. Um, rolling up and having people happy to see me um when you know they're they're generally like not in a happy place um just to see that like emotional like transformation even if it's just temporary um you know it, it's still like uh, really valuable for me and and you know for them as well uh, i try to always be mindful not to ever rush people um, mm. so something that takes up a lot of my time is just standing at the window um, kind of like letting them browse at the book cart or letting them like talk to me about, about their favorite book or, or a book that they're looking for. Something I always have with me is, uh, like sticky notes. Um, so by the end of my delivery, like my card is like littered with sticky notes and because I write down um, all the things that people requested me. Okay. I'm looking for this thing, you know, or, oh, I was trying to remember the name of, and I'll just get out my pen and paper and write it down because I want them to know that I'm like taking what they're telling me or asking me seriously and that I'm going to follow up on it. Um, and I, I generally uh, value like coming through for people who need that you know they they need like people to come through for them you know more than anyone really i when i go into the jail um i try to keep in mind the that when i'm interacting with someone um with a patron um i can be like all people in that moment um for those patrons and if they're having a bad day and they're feeling like the world is against them, um, maybe their, their court case is not working out or, you know, any given thing that, that's causing them distress. Um, if I reflect back to them dignity and, um, you know, care and kindness and compassion um, just in my manner and in my tone, um, and in what I'm willing to do for them, maybe I forgot their book, but I'll go downstairs and get it for them, even though I don't necessarily have to do that. Um, that's that's um, something that like really keeps me rooted um, in my approach to the patrons at the jail. Um, and I always want to have them come out of the jail with like, some feeling of like that they are respected and that they're cared for and that their wishes matter and that they're competent and capable, um, you know, that they're all the things that they hope to be, um, you know, that's, that's what I can do for them. Just even if it means having a, a, a one minute conversation. The future of the jail service is something that I like to think a lot about. I have, have a lot of dreams and ideas, but you know, at the present moment, I have eight hours a week, and 
have the facility that I have. Um, but, you know, if given my dream service and my dream library um, program, uh, I'd like to see service to the work center restored. Um, we stopped serving it five years ago. And I'd like to see that restored um, and the library there rejuvenated, the collection gone through and, and it's renewed. Um, I'd like to see transition related services. Uh, so, you know, all the resources related, uh, related to, you know, um, navigating like your job search um, with the conviction history or figuring out like how your conviction history might affect your child support or your license or you know all of these resources that people need to rebuild their lives after incarceration i'd like to see made available in like a organized way um, that um, people were able to take advantage of before they exited incarceration and leaving them just in a better place um, i'd like to see all of the branches in the system and be well stocked with those resources beyond which they already are um, and staff able to comfortable with meeting with uh, patrons who might have questions about about reentry services um, connect them you know with community resources or with resources right there in the library the apple seed reentry guide or making your most of the halfway house you know there's tons of titles and um, that we could add to our collection um, and then i'd like to possibly see um, new facilities in the jail and um, whether they're in uh, the pre-existing building and then they're just kind of added in after the fact um, so that we could have and community resource providers come in and maybe meet with people to do job search and resume um, design, um, to meet with um, substance use disorder um, professionals to um, connect with treatment options so that they exit into sobriety and after the sobriety that they've experienced during their incarceration, kind of keep that positive trend going. Um, I'd like to see um, maybe some sort of computer access um, that, you know, is still monitored, but allows people to become competent with, um, you know, navigating digital technology. That's an important part of being successful and functional in life. Um, so there's just um, an endless amount of, of uh, developments and initiatives that um, I carry around in my head. And, you know, maybe someday in 2024, and some of them will come true. I want to thank Barry for taking the time to sit with me and tell his story. And I want to thank him for being fully present for his patrons. As always, I want to thank my boss, Mary Vermillion. I usually throw a quotation out to her, and this episode, I want to throw out one that Barry gave me. Who you are is what you have been doing. Who you will be is what you are doing now. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow our podcast on your favorite platform or visit us at wcls.org slash podcast.